to the van life. Hey everybody and welcome back to the podcast. I'm Frankie. And I'm Alex. And together we are FNA Van Life. Today we are doing van life in the news. Woohoo! You know what that means? We got a very special edition come to you this month. We only do it once a month and we love doing it. And then we give you about like three quarters of it, half of it, somewhere around there. And then we throw the rest of it on the Patreon. So if you want to listen to the full unedited version of this podcast, be sure to come and check out our Patreon. It costs as low as $3 a month and you get so much bonus content. And of course, the full episode of this podcast. And it's a wonderful way to be able to support the channel and support all the content that we bring to you guys every single week. But don't be mad, get glad, because we give you guys so much free content that even if you can't afford to come and join us on Patreon, you're going to get some goods here today. Woo. So let's jump right into it. I'm excited about this one. I Should we give them an update from the road real quick? Well, sure. Right now, we are... Actually, we kind of just got done camping in an overlanding rig. Yeah, we had some really fun time at Carefree Camper Company. If you guys remember the podcast from a couple of weeks ago, we talked to the founder of Carefree Camper Company, Blackhawk, and we actually took out one of their adventure Jeeps, which was a heck of a time. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we're not going to spoil it for you guys. We'll say that it was very carefree. Uh-huh. We did park on a mountaintop that was super beautiful that we would never been able to get to in our van, which was very exciting for me, at least. I don't know about for you. Yeah, it was super cool to get the views, but there was definitely a couple of things missing from the experience that, thankfully, I feel like we have really good attitudes yes. from living in a van and, you know, rolling with the punches and things like that, so... When life hands you lemons, you go into a hysterical fit of laughter, and you just get over it. (laughs) And then maybe make some lemonade at (laughs) that. But we also recently renovated our entire kitchen at Carefree Camper Company, so you're definitely going to want to check out our videos from Wickensburg, Arizona. So be sure to go and check out the YouTube channel, because honestly, I love our renovated kitchen. I do. And I don't know how we didn't think about this design change we had our fridge on the bottom in a slider before, and now it's stationary on the top, and it's so good. I think we really enjoyed the aspect of having something moving in the van, and we left the moving refrigerator in for a while because that, or at least implicated it into this van as well, because we had it in our first van. Well, and I think we thought it was a better use of space, but honestly, we have so much more storage now. Yes, we do. And like, because there was a lot of storage around the refrigerator. In like the... it slid in and out, but then there was like big gaps. Everywhere. Yeah. yeah. So like the space was too big for the fridge. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of wasted space that you could literally do nothing with. But now the fridge fits there perfectly. It's beautiful. It's this nice, shining, black, beautiful refrigerator from Iceco, which we absolutely love and we used in our last two builds. So that's a company that we stand by. Uh, and this refrigerator is the lowest power consumption. And no, this is not a sponsored deal at the moment. We did get the fridge through them, but they didn't tell us to talk about it on our podcast. We, we absolutely love it, though. really like it. But that kind of brings us to our first article in a sense, because when you move into a van, if you think that you're going to be done building and tinkering and doing projects... You are wrong You're because never done. 
That's just how the cookie crumbles. You're always going to find things that could be more efficient or more user-friendly. I mean, literally today, I just put in two new fans. And we have a whole list of things that we want to get done in the next couple of weeks. Before we go to Mexico. Ooh. That's that's like a little sneak in there. I just snuck it in there for you guys (laughs) so you know it's going to be happening. But so this first article is from KCRW.com. I guess it's like a news channel. This is from the greater L.A. area. Will student housing crisis repeat itself this fall at UCSB? The chances are, yes, it's very likely to happen, I'm sure. Well, just with the cost of everything, like housing has skyrocketed. The cost of everything, the fact that there's Airbnb everywhere, uh, it makes it to where that housing is less available, especially when you have people already renting just to live there to, you know, for their kids to go to school. Well, and if you think about, like, student housing, you I mean, the student housing that I lived in, it was never, like, the nicest accommodation. Lackluster, to say the But best. it was always affordable. Yes. So I think that the problem, maybe, that this article is pointing out is that either there isn't enough housing and the housing that's available is very expensive. Mm-hmm. So basically, this article is kind of cool because last year... They interviewed these two students. I do want to say that this is in Santa uh, Barbara in California, correct? University of California, Santa Barbara. Yeah, so with that being said, I can understand the fact that it would be very expensive. Oh, yeah, it's a fancy town. Yeah. Yeah. But so anyways, last year they interviewed these two students that were both struggling with the housing crisis near UCSB. And the one student rescinded her offer from the school and said, you know what, I can't find housing, I'm not going to the school. And her life took a full 180, but... Let's talk about the second guy. (laughs) The second guy decided, you know what? I'm going to build a van, and I'm going to live in a van, and I'm going to solve my own housing problem. Which is very smart of the dude. Like, let's be realistic. He knew that after building out this van, he was going to have no rental cost. You know, and he'll be able to live out of the van, which in the, the photo here looks like a pretty minimal build. So he probably didn't spend a lot of money, you know, on renovating it. But I could tell you what, he probably spent less than what his full yearly cost or four-year cost of going to this college would have costed if he lived in an actual house. Yeah, he's got like a mid-roof, 2500 T1N, T1N Sprinter. It's got a pretty basic build in it, but he definitely has plumbing. He's got a Murphy bed. It's modular. It, he looks like he has everything that he needs. And so basically, he's like, I'm super happy in my van. And eight months later, things have changed for the two of them. Um, For Estrada, which is the guy's name who built the van, van life has become less of a burden and more of a hobby. He thinks about upgrades he can make to his van at least once a day and wouldn't move out into a house or an apartment unless it was a very good deal. And by, like, really good deal, he probably means, like, $400 a month. Like, basically free. Yeah, pretty much free. You know, it, that that's the only way I could see myself moving into a rental as well. Yeah. As if it was, like, basically free. <laughs> so he says that he's been offered 
random rooms in a double or triple. So I'm assuming that that means that like He's there's sharing. two or three other people living in the spot. And he says, I don't think I would take it. I've been giving housing offers by friends and I'd just rather stick it out in the van. It saves me money. I have my own little space. I don't share it with anybody. And I just like making upgrades. With that being said, I do want to talk about like the fact that we were just in a place where we had a lot of people around us. It was lovely being around family, but there oh, was like so a- much noise being around other people. And we you, went to New York City for yeah. a wedding, and so we were staying with Frankie's family for a couple of days, and, like, his sister was there also, so it was his brother, his wife, their two kids. Four kids. Then total. his sister, her husband, their two kids, and us all staying in the same house. It was loud. Granted, there wouldn't be kids in this particular space. But there space, would be parties. But there would be parties, there would be loud noises, maybe people playing TVs loud or playing video games. Or doing it. Or having the SEX. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, what I'm trying to say is that we realized, or I realized, how quiet and lovely our space is. Like, it, I feel so great when we're in our space that it is very hard to live in another space with a lot of other people. Yeah. I'm, I mean, also, we're in a very different stage in our life. Like, this guy's in his early 20s as a college student. He might be cool with student. the body. Sure, and he might be cool with living with a lot of people. Mm. Like, when I got my first apartment well, out of obviously college, not. Yeah, fair, <laughs> fair. But, you know, I think us as a 30-year-old married couple, yeah. having a bunch of roommates... Would we have be, different standards. It would be weird yeah. for us to move into, like, a double or triple. Yeah. I love being able to, like, go inside my friend's house and, like, hang out for a little and then come back out. Yeah, know? I mean, it's just nice to have your own space. And yeah. so van life... Gives you your own space for a fraction of the cost, like a one-time investment in your tiny home on wheels. So where is he at now? Well, so he's doing great. He's in his fourth year. Uh, He's doing good. He's going to live in his van forever. Sounds like he's going to finish college living out of that van. Absolutely. And maybe even beyond. Hell yeah. So the other girl who they interviewed last year, after she couldn't find housing, um, she rescinded her offer and started working full-time for a housing so she, what she does is find full-time housing for developmentally disabled adults. So she was not able to find housing for herself. But yet she's finding housing for disabled adults. That's her new job. Full circle, huh? She has no plans to finish college and is currently expecting her first child this summer. Nice. So, good for you. Good for you. You got a job. You got the baby. But you know what? Your life might be very different if you just decided to live in a van. Yeah, not that either one of them are wrong for their lifestyle and what's happening. But, like, personally, where where I see the one gentleman, you know, living out of the van and about to live his best life, you know, possibly finishing his full-time education as well, um, you know, the sky's the limit. I'm sure the sky's the limit for the lady who had the child as well, but... That limit gets a little bit more limited when you, once you have a kid. Well, but now she's in a position where she doesn't have a college degree and she's going to have a baby. And single moms do it all the time. I don't know if she's single. I'm making it... Ju- but it's a lot harder to go back to school when you have an infant than it is when you're just a single, no-strings-attached person. People do it. We're not taking it 100%. away. 100%. We think that she could possibly do it if she wants to, too, as well. But the chances are lower at that point. Right. I think the the idea of like her going to school is maybe getting further and further away. Mm-hmm. Whereas for him, he stuck it out. He found a solution to his housing problem. 
And now he's going to graduate just like he intended to, housing crisis or not. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's move on to our next article. This one... I would also like to know what you guys think about that last article. You can either hit us up with a DM on Instagram at FNA Van Life or find us on YouTube, shoot us a message, uh, or just become a Patreon and drop us a message there. Okay, so this is another one about saving money. And this is Yahoo Life from the UK. Couple of how. Wow, that's a hard word. How. Have. Helve? Half. They have. But why? Halve. Helve. They health. couple health their living costs by moving into a van and traveling the UK. So basically, you know, kind of akin to the housing crisis that we were just talking about, people are saving money by moving into vans. Which is, I mean, I, don't, I can't stress this enough. Alex and I have been living this lifestyle for two and a half years. Life has become more expensive since we've been on the road by a lot. No, no, no. Not, not more... Not- not for us, is what I was getting to. No, but not more expensive than living in New York City before we left. Correct. Our original life on the road as van lifers when we first started out was... To hear the full breakdown of this article, make sure to check our Patreon today, join, and you can listen now. I agree. Okay, let's move on, because there is no signs of this van life movement stopping... According to Insider.com. Yeah, Insider has the scoop on Winnebago, you know, one of the biggest RV and marine dealers out there in the game right now. Uh, you guys probably know Winnebago as, you know, the Winnebago Revel from from the Sprinter van. Or a Mini Winnie. Or That's a my Mini favorite. Winnie. I just like the name of it. The Mini Winnie. Mini Winnie. Yeah, it's cute. <laughs> they are very good at branding, and that's the reason why they have... billion worth of orders in its backlog as demand continues to rise. So that means that people have given them $4.4 billion of orders that they have yet to fulfill, and they actually break it down, the marine portion of it. Before they even get into marine part, I want them to guess what they think it might be. The breakdown of like, so there's three categories that they divide it up into. They divide it up into like the regular RVs, like a class B or a class A, like we have. Then they have a tow behind category, which is separate. And then they also have the marine category. How are they going to guess? I want them to just like have an, like, what do you think is the most expensive like or the most backlogged. The, the most backlogged. Like, is it the marine side? Is it like 50-50 marine to RV? And we're going to give you like another three more seconds. And <laughs> now we're going to tell you. Okay, so basically the marine portion of it is completely negligible. Of the $4.4 billion, it's less than $300,000. That's basically like a boat or two. One boat. Yeah, one boat or two of theirs. <laughs> of right. theirs. But so the um, motorhome section is $1.8 That's the tow behind. The towable oh, RV Oh, sorry, backlog. I read it. The towable RV is $1.8, and the motorhome is $2.2 billion. So the motorhome is the biggest backlog in the Winnebago catalog. Which is absolutely mind-blowing to me because, like, uh, Winnebago, great job on your marketing and what you guys do. And I think but- people find it, like, that's, like, a, the standard. If you're looking at an RV, 
Winnebago is like the brand name that you think about. And I will say like for a standard, it's not terrible, but we've seen a lot of issues in, you know, the Revels and whatnot. And I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that absolutely love their Revels and I totally get it. And like, if you don't want to build something, I totally get that too. We're, we're not hating on anybody for buying a Revel, but we've seen the ins and outs of everything going horribly wrong with the Revel on oh, the inside. Well. On the inside, in the sense like cabinets falling apart and things like that. Sure. Um, so for that to be the standard and it, for it to be so expensive and I'm sure that they, they have a huge backlog on just fixing stuff. Well, that's Warranty the thing that work. we've been hearing too, is that, so you finally get your new thing a month later, something goes wrong with it and then you go to get serviced and they say, Oh, we can't fit you in. Yeah. So now you can't even go out while well, you probably could, who knows how big the issue is. But I think the other thing that we've been hearing is that because there's such a backlog, they're having a lot of like quality control issues where like little things are kind of slipping between the cracks. Mm -hmm. This isn't necessarily in the article. The article's just saying about how great it is that they're making billions of dollars. But like we've heard from people that like the quality is slipping and they're having trouble. It does say they're having trouble with um uh supply chain issues mm -hmm. and like getting what they actually need to make the RVs. And I think this is one of the big reasons that the small van builder operations are so good and doing really well right now is that if you think about this huge backlog and then a new prospective Winnebago client goes to buy a Mini Winnie and they say, oh, you can get delivery two years from now, they're going to start looking around for alternatives, yes. which is where all these van builders are picking up the slack. Yeah, and the other thing about the van builder compared to the Winnebago Revel, the Winnebago Revel is very cookie cutter, so they're going to use all the same products in every single rig with sl slight tweaks here and there, but every single handle, every single you know, um, release, everything is going to be exactly the same. Good or bad. Good or bad inside these RVs, where... If you go to a, you know, DIY or like a custom builder. We've got a juicy story about some Winnebagos as well as some juicy tidbits about van builders. So you're definitely going to want to come over to the Patreon, sign up and hear this full episode. All right. So this next article makes me a little bit worried because we are on our way to San Diego. Yeah, it definitely makes me a little worried, too. Even though we've talked to people that have helped create, you know, laws and safe places to park, it's all about the people in the area and, you know, the hostility of the area because it is such a fair-weathered place and such a beautiful place to be able to go that a lot of van lifers flock to it, I feel like. Absolutely. So this article is from the San Diego Reader, and it's called Van Lifers Find Ways to Get Around San Diego's Hostility. Yeah. And it's suggesting, you know, some other boroughs to kind of park in, try parking in Ensenada's Oceanside or Carlsbad. But so basically it's chronicling this new van life couple who headed to San Diego for National Park Week. So this is a big event um, nationwide. 400 national parks throughout the country, including uh, one of them near San Diego, that, you know, people are going to flock to it. So it's going to be a busy time of year there mm -hmm. anyways, right? Yeah. So you're heading to a city that doesn't love van lifers in one of the busiest times to be in that city for van lifers. 
I love the way that they worded this too. It kind of just seems like, I don't know, not the best way to word something. On top of that, the beaches make for a compelling aesthetic for young van lifers living their best lives on TikTok and Instagram. First off, they're living their best lives out in just the world and they're at a beautiful place. And if they're taking video or pictures of something, that's what everybody in the world does right now. (laughs) (laughs) Even my mom literally shares every single thing. Your mom pictures and posts like within seconds. My mom posts on social media more often than we do. Isn't that wild? Like we need our, my mom to be like our social media manager because she's literally on Facebook 24 seven. That might not be a bad idea. We surely, if you're looking for an extra job, we might have one for you. (laughs) But anyways, it was very condescending to be like, Oh, look at these 25 and 28 year olds living their best lives on Instagram and TikTok." Okay, thanks very much, San Diego reader. We get that you don't enjoy our type. Um, But so basically this couple is saying that it's kind of tricky to park in San Diego in the areas where they are allowed to park overnight. It's wonderful. Locals love to come up and have conversations, and we spend a lot of time outside of the van. Um, But then in San Diego County, conventional home dwellings and business personnel aren't so welcoming to the couple's extended 23-foot van. The laws here have created a closed-door culture where we have to keep ourselves inside to avoid tickets. So, basically, I thought that the people at Seeker had basically dealt with San Diego's laws that made it illegal to live in your vehicle. And so when we went and looked it up, there was laws that were put in place in 2019 that made living in a vehicle in San Diego illegal. But then when we tried to find something more current on the San Diego, like, enforcement websites and things like that, the only thing that we could find was this 72-hour parking limit allotted by the city. And so that's basically what they're saying that they are struggling with. Some vanners sleep through the 72-hour parking limit allotted by the city, and ticket raids are reportedly done on large van groups parked by the waterfront. So I guess maybe you could get, like, swooped up into this raid, mm. whether you've been there for 72 hours but or not. That should be illegal by the police. The police should be, like, or the parking uh, enforcement should be keeping track of who's there for X amount of hours. Sure, yeah. And, like, honestly, I wonder if there would be a way to fight the ticket to be like, you know, we only arrived in San Diego on the 1st, and the ticket raid was on the 2nd, so there's absolutely no way that we could... But then, like, she's also saying the ticket is only $35, so it's still cheaper than staying at a hotel. So just pay the ticket, and it's easier than wasting, you know, your energy trying to fight something you won't win. So it looks like it says $165 for a hotel and $80 a night for parking for a local RV park. So you're still saving a ton of money, even if you get the $35 ticket. Right, so if you get a $35 ticket every three days you're there, you know, you're saving a boatload of money. You could stay for six days and, and still only pay for one night at that RV park. Right. So who knows? Like, hopefully that we, when we get there, I mean, obviously, I don't know. These people seem... The they way seem that, pretty green. The way that the article is written, it makes it seem like this couple hasn't spent a lot of time in their van mm-hmm. um, or, like, finding van 
life spots. So maybe they don't know about apps like Seeker or iOverlander. Um, this article also talks about a Facebook group called um, San Diego Van Life, which honestly, we've found Facebook groups to be so helpful for all kinds of different things when it comes to van life. There's definitely some weird, uh, weird, weird, weird van life groups with weird people in them yeah. that mostly sexist people, honestly. It's like dudes being like saying creepy Hate, stuff. Hating on women or, uh, Coming at women in the sense of like sexually like assaulting. Yeah, so maybe verbally. they've had too much alone time in their vans. Um, but anyways, uh, so the San Diego Van Life Facebook group is a community where old school van overs van owners meet with new school van owners, and they provide tips on like where to sleep and other kind of you know tips about San Diego and how to get around law enforcement there. Hmm. And we appreciate groups like this. They've really helped us, you know, while during our travels early on. We used to use one for Epic and Icon when we used to go to all the mountains snowboarding. And it was a huge help. And then we would report back on it where we were able to park and sleep as well. Um, because if we could help each other out, it can't get any better than that, I feel like. Yeah, but again, this article is talking about how the popularity of van life is just like continues to boom And so that's good for us and good for everybody else in the community. You know, we keep finding new people to hang out with. And And realistically, I think it's good for everybody. Like in the general sense, it seems like a lot of van lifers are there to not only help grow the community, but also grow in the sense of making communities look better. Well, it also helps you grow as a human and an individual in terms of seeing new places and having these experiences. And I think van life really makes you independent and self-sufficient and so many wonderful things that this lifestyle provides to you. But honestly, I find that like cities, especially cities that are kind of meccas for van life, it tends to become contentious Mm -hmm. for a number of reasons because some people are awesome van lifers you know, in this, whenever we're in a city, we arrive late, leave early, we clean up, we don't like set up camp around our house. We're, you know, we're very, we try to be stealthy. We try to just like enjoy, but like not be in anybody's way. We follow all the parking rules, you know, whatever, whatever. We just try to be good humans. But when you get a lot of people in a same place over and over and over again, San Diego is a hot spot for van life. I feel like some of the people who go there probably aren't following all these, you know, van life rules of order and are making a mess or are parking in illegal places or are, you know, causing problems for the community. And, you know, those couple of bad eggs and those couple of bad interactions paint the entire van life community in a negative light. Mm -hmm. So... Whether we've been there for 72 hours or not, the ticket raid tickets everybody. Yes. You know what I mean? So the couple of people that have been there for more than 72 hours are maybe, you know, ruining it for everybody else. Yes. So who knows what the, you know, root of the problem is. But I think that all that we can do as individuals is be our best van life selves, Mm -hmm. be the most courteous neighbors that we can possibly be, whoever our neighbor happens to be 
when we wake up that morning. And regardless whether we're living van life or house life or whatever life it is that you're living, you should try to live by these moral values regardless. Because the more that we could help each other out and the more that we could be good to one another, the more that we could clean up, the more that we can make this place, this planet, this opportunity that we have a better experience for each other, I think we're all winning. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that's what life is all about. Make, you know, today better than yesterday and tomorrow better than today. And that's just all we can do every single day. You know, Mm -hmm. sometimes we get it right, sometimes we don't. But this article had me cracking up. Honestly, I always find it funny when they send writers on these things where it's like, I've never van life before. And like, oh, my God, van life sucked. I feel like every single one of them are not ready for it. They're very underprepared. They're not even interested. No, they're not. The first half of this article is basically the woman. First and foremost, thank you so much for all your support. It's crazy how much it helps when you guys sign up for the Patreon and You know, we have to make some type of money because gas prices are just way too high and traveling now just costs a bit more. So thank you so much for joining our Patreon and we hope to see a lot more of you come and help support the journey. Every single day for the entire year and have a fleet of a thousand of them all rented out. Are we in the right business? I mean, maybe we need to start being in the van rental business because clearly you don't need a good van. No. And you can still make bank on it. I could. I could only imagine. I want to see what their prices are and see what we can rent our van out for. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, like through Escape. Yeah. No, just through ourselves. We're like, oh, Dorota, we're just gonna live with you for a day and make like three grand renting our van out. <laughs> Anyways, guys, we're going to have links to all of the articles that we talked about today so that you can read them yourself. You can dive into whichever article was the most exciting and appealing to you. We want to hear from you guys. Let us know which article you like the best. You can either send us a DM on Instagram at FNA Van Life, or you can drop a comment wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave a review. Leave a comment. We would love to hear from you guys. Yeah, and if you guys, once again, want to hit us up on Instagram, we're always available. You can become a Patreon and hit us up anytime on Patreon, and we'll get back to you immediately or very quickly. We're, we're pretty quick responding to the Patreons because we love you guys, and we appreciate all the support that you give to us, and we appreciate everybody here that's listening today. We hope that you guys have the most wonderful life and the most wonderful van life adventures if you're getting into it. We have tons of content for you here, so make sure to dig deep into all the content we have for you, um, whether it's here on the podcast or on our YouTube channel, and we hope that you guys have an FNA night. Make sure you subscribe to their YouTube channel, FNA Van Life. All right, all that.